1600-K-I-V-A-B-Q.FM, rockoftalk.com. Happy Saturday, everybody. I'm Eddie Aragon, The Rock of Talk, and with me, Dr. Williams Summers for another edition of the Dr. Williams Summers Show, Life Imagined. This is not a live show this week, but you're welcome to go ahead and leave your feedback directly at 550-5500. As we say, good morning, good afternoon, happy Saturday to Dr. Summers. How are you, Summers? Absolutely wonderful. It's Saturday, the 26th of February. Here we are. We want to thank everybody for listening and, you know, really making this show with your, you know, suggestions and your comments and your call-ins and your texts. You guys actually make this show. So I, I wanted to say thank you so much today. And we got a good show today. We're going to chat about ivermectin uses beyond the obvious and Prozac. And, of course, the COVID-19 update. uh, We look forward to that every week, Dr. Summers. Yeah, and the history you're not supposed to know. I thought I'd talk about Christopher Columbus in the Ukraine. Oh, okay. I like that. I like the connection there. (laughs) And Metaragia and how you deal with that from an alternative approach. Wow. All right, lots of stuff. As always, we'd like to let everybody know that uh, this is a show that is supported by you by your purchase of Memory Vitalizer and Life Imagine and your support of Dr. William Summers' great medical practice as well. You guys have done a great job, and uh, it's been a great word of mouth. I build them up. We've become our own insulated, if you will, uh, medical community during these very trying times. We're embarking upon nearly the start of year three, if you can believe it, of the COVID-19. The emergency has not been lifted. Uh, but before we start yeah, two on two weeks to flatten the curve, there we right? go. Two weeks, uh, two weeks to uh, year three, Th- third anniversary of two <laughs> weeks to flatten the curve. Let's start off with, uh, with some thoughts this week, some quotes. Dr. Summers has always has some quotes and quips to kick us off. Yes. What is hyperinflation? It is the dramatic process of an established currency, such as the dollar losing its usefulness as money. Prices rise rapidly and uncontrollably as a result of excessive money printing out of Washington, I might add, and a loss of confidence in the currency. And this actually came from a book about the disaster called Zimbabwe, but we've seen it repeatedly since Louis XVI decided to turn on the printing presses and it cost him his head in the French Revolution all the way up to Zimbabwe and repeatedly in Argentina and now in this country, that's hyperinflation. And as far as that goes, I send postcards to the White House from time to time with my thoughts. And this week I would say, hey, Joe, inflation is taxation without representation. Oof. And we have the Ukrainian thing to think about, Eddie. It's really quite frightening. Time to start quoting George Patton, don't you think? He is a, uh, you know, the big leader of the 7th Army in the World War II. I don't know, Dr. Summers. I don't want to open that up for debate. But if we have time at the end, I would like to address it from maybe a different perspective. Uh, a, I'm just going to give you my quick uh, quick and dirty 20-second drill down. We have no business in Ukraine. B, NATO will now just go ahead and disband. It's not strong enough to go ahead and uh, fight Vladimir Putin. C, half of Ukraine speaks Russian and the other half speaks Ukrainian. Uh, no sense in uh, in enforcing. Uh, and, and D, we lost the Crimea uh, during Obama. We're now repeating the same exact mistake back in 2014. No reason uh, for us to have the Crimea. Uh, no reason for us to 
be interested in in the Ukraine uh, as far as I'm concerned. It's unnecessary. Yeah, and I think we weren't too interested in Hitler's takeover of the Sunderland followed by Poland. Uh, it really uh, wasn't until the Japanese uh, gave us Pearl Harbor that we woke up to the fact that we're involved whether we like it or not. So it's going to be interesting to see it play out. So in these troubled times, remember, folks, fear is a reaction. Courage is a decision. And the purpose of the show, Dr. Summers? It's to educate and empower you, the listener, give you some you know, hacks and things you can do that are within your power to get you the best possible health at all times. There we go. Uh, folks, I want to remind you to pick up your memory revitalizer in your life imagine at local stores, including Sharon Care Pharmacy in Berlin, Durant Central Pharmacy, Sam's Regent Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store on 4th Street, the Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, Care Drug in Aztec, Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Ridoso. Also, you can go to memoryvitalizer.net, lifelink.com, or why not? Pick up the phone, order direct, 800-606-0192. That's 800-606-0192. And we got a special plug for one of our partners and uh, someone who's near and dear to the heart of uh, Dr. Summers. Uh, and that, of course, is Albuquerque Neuroscience. Absolutely. They've got a couple of weeks left on the depression study looking for people between the ages of 18 and 75 with moderate to severe depression. And they're testing a really quite active new antidepressant against placebo. And this study will be ending soon. So if you have a depression and want a complete evaluation and workup, call Albuquerque Neuroscience at 505 848 3773. And yet there is another set of studies we're doing looking into poor memory and uh, the possibility of Alzheimer's. And uh, these both of these studies require that the person with some memory issues have a caregiver or a loved one who participates in the study. Again, Albuquerque Neuroscience, 505-848-3773. And in that regard, in the workup of the Alzheimer's patients, we uh, go for a blood test. Uh, it's called a tau, uh, P-TAU-118, and that's a brand new thing that can delineate, is it really Alzheimer's or is it uh, just uh, CRS or is it uh, frontal temporal dementia or some other problem other than Alzheimer's. So... That's part of the workup and uh, all tossed in in the evaluation with those two studies for Alzheimer's over at Albuquerque Neuroscience. Let's kick everything off with some health hacks, Dr. Yeah. Summers. And uh, we did mention that we were going to get into ivermectin, 2015 Nobel Prize winning. Yeah, absolutely. Ivermectin is an antiparasitic drug, which is good for everything from head lice to scabies. It's used for African river blindness and a variety of intestinal worms of various types of varmints, uh, parasites. It is made by Merck, who is also the maker of the new Merckmectin that will be coming out on the market really within the next week or two. Uh, Merckmectin is actually a molecular uh, similar to ivermectin. It'll probably be about $700 for a course of that to treat uh, covid 19, whereas uh, ivermectin, the price of that went from 20 bucks to around 100 bucks. 
and it is very effective in my hands, certainly, in treating uh, COVID-19. But there are novel mechanisms of action that have other application, and that's the thing I want to address here today. The uh, scourge of uh, women called breast cancer is actually uh, something that ivermectin can address. It induces apoptosis, that's programmed cell suicide, in breast cancer cells. And there's some animal studies that have shown success when you combine uh, the treatment of uh, mice model breast cancer with typical cancer drugs you get the big bang when you add ivermectin. And this is because of a uh, small peptide called PD-1, or programmed cell death protein number one. And it's an inhibitory receptor that is expressed on the cancer cells, and it causes downregulation of your immune system so that your immune system doesn't attack the breast cancer cells. Well, uh, the way that ivermectin seems to work is it knocks out this PD-1 protein and your immune system attacks the, uh, the uh, shall we say, alien uh, breast cancer cells, the rogue cells. Okay. And that's kind of cool information. Yeah. So we're going to keep following this. I think this is exciting. If you remember about uh, three or four years ago, we announced uh, – the use of some other antiparasitic drugs that are helpful in cancer. And uh, so this is more along the same lines, alternate approaches, just because we want to get answers. And empirically, if it works, doggone it, we're going to use it. Good well. stuff, Dr. Summers. Uh, we love ivermectin. Uh, can you find ivermectin is the obvious question that uh, people want to uh, ask, no, no doubt. Yeah, it has been put on short supply both by the CDC's intervention as well as Dr. Fauci's uh, intervention and discouragement as well as the FDA. But Merck still makes it, and it is around, and I've been able to have some patients get their hands on it fairly recently. So, yes, it is around. All right, there you go. All right, uh, speaking of ivermectin, how about a COVID-19 update, Dr. Summers? Yeah, I wanted to point out that uh, they're now down to recommending if you get COVID-19, which seems to be leaving the community, I might say. And, hey, happy uh, wonderfulness that we uh, have lost the mask mandate. Uh, anyway, so the current thing is if you do get something that we call COVID, it's a five-day isolation period. And highest infectivity starts from two days before you get your first symptoms to three days after your symptoms, hence the five-day isolation to, uh, you know, knock down the uh, spread in the community. But uh, I am so pleased that uh, our governess has gotten rid of the mask mandate, but uh, that revealed that we have achieved, Eddie, herd insanity, not herd immunity, because people, I still see people walking around with masks on, and it's almost like a uh, Heil Grisham salute for people to be wearing it. So I go around and I say, hey, are you aware? 
And they'll say, yes, but I just want to be safe. And I had one person say to me, well, they wear them in surgical circumstances. Yes, we do wear masks in surgical settings, but those masks are to prevent bacterial contamination. We really don't pretend that the masks we use in surgery can uh, prevent viral infections to wounds. Because viral infections to wounds, that just doesn't happen, whereas bacterial infections are a serious problem, and the masks do solve that problem. But remember, a virus is a thousand times smaller than a bacteria. As a matter of fact, viruses actually fit inside of bacteria. Those are called bacteriophages, which is viruses that are targeted against bacteria. Well, our take on Fauci is that, uh, you know, and this, this is the latest thing out of the CDC, and it's just more Fauciism. And this guy, Dr. Don Milton from the University of Maryland uh, School of Public Health, says herd immunity is an elusive concept and doesn't apply to coronavirus. Hey, I got news, Dr. Milton. It does apply. And uh, quite frankly, this most recent variant, which has uh, been labeled the Oh My God variant, Discaria, that one I think is God's vaccine because it is pretty darn mild uh, and it gives you full immunity against, frankly, all the different variants, the Delta variant, the original Wuhan variant. When you get the Oh My God variant, you cannot get a second round of Wuhan variant. Let me address the concept of natural immunity for a couple of minutes and quote from an article that appeared in the Journal of American Physicians and Surgeons in their winter edition. And I will say multiple studies have now confirmed that prior infection with COVID-19 confers lasting immunity. I repeat that, lasting immunity. One study of 32,000 individuals in a community setting showed that the vaccinated people versus unvaccinated people who had not had the infection, the vaccinated people were 6 to 13 times more likely to become infected than people who didn't have any previous COVID. So actually the vaccination increased your risk of getting the disease quite alarming. Also, the Cleveland Clinic looked at 52,000 employees, and they found reinfection rates of SARS-CoV-19 was almost zero among the previously infected. But the unvaccinated people, the immunity was spotty at best. And finally, my alma mater, Washington University School of Medicine in St. Louis, I looked at the long-living plasma cells that produce antibodies specifically targeted against COVID-19. And when that happens, frankly, you have lifetime immunity if you've had the infection. So the data continues to roll in that the best protection against uh, COVID-19 is to just get it. And most especially if you can get the oh my god variant that is so benign. And don't listen to people like this Dr. Don Milton of the University of Maryland School of Public Health who says herd immunity doesn't apply to coronavirus. He's just flat wrong.
All right, good stuff, Dr. Summers. As always, uh, Dr. Summers isn't going to pull any punches on any of this. How long before someone with COVID-19 isn't contagious? Better for you to just get it at this point. Uh, we've shown those with the immunity has uh, worked uh, very well, uh, as we saw in the latest variant. Uh, and, and, uh, oh, my God. He's, of course, saying the Omicron uh, variant that is there. But is, there is a variant of the variant that is later. But uh, we'll talk about that maybe on some other show. Uh, we do want you to stay healthy by getting your memory vitalizer in your life. Imagine, ladies and gentlemen, at local stores, including Sharon Care Pharmacy in Belen, Durand Central Pharmacy, Sam's Region Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy went there the other day and got my refill, by the way, of uh, Memory Vitalizer, Dr. Summers. Manal um, Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market in Rio Rancho, Moses Country Store, Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, Care Drug in Aztec, Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Rudo. So you can also go to memoryvitalizer.net, lifelink.com, or order direct, 800 606 uh, I guess we want one more health hack here this week. It's a special double edition of health hacks uh, with Dr. Summers. <laughs> yes. Shall we talk about Prozac, the wonder drug? Uh, can we? Are we allowed to? Should we ask somebody if whether or not we're are we going to trigger that, anybody? That's a great question, and and my little narrative on this will go into that issue. Uh, but I've taken from an editorial entitled "Serotonin Depression and Aggression: The Problem of Brain Energy." an editorial that was sent to me by one of our listeners in actually North Carolina strangely enough. And they pointed out in this article that three years before Prozac was approved by the FDA in 1987, the German equivalent of the FDA rejected Prozac because of its tendency to create suicidality. The FDA ignored that and approved Prozac in 1987. I was pretty excited about it at the time I was practicing in Southern California. The Germans did note that there was a five-fold higher rate of suicide in people treated with Prozac, but the FDA ignored that, and the drug came on the market, and a lot of the work had been done by a friend of mine, John Feiner, in San Diego. So I proudly started prescribing it to a lot of people. I had a very large practice at that time, approaching 1,000 patients and the LA area. And within a very brief period of time, approximately three months, I had two completed suicides. And I was pretty upset because frankly, that just doesn't happen in my experience. I usually have a pretty good bond with my patients. And if they get to that level, we're able to sit down and work out alternative approaches because suicide is not the answer for anything, folks. And uh, so I was a little upset uh, because there was, I saw some circumstances that were similar in these two cases, and I wrote a letter to Eli Lilly. Uh, Eli Lilly is actually the producer of Prozac, and uh, they actually uh, made a side company called Dista. Fairly soon, I uh, showed up in my office and found three suits there, two attorneys and a businessman, who wanted to talk to me about my letter. And they, in no, uncertain term, in no uncertain terms, told me I didn't know what I was looking at and uh, I better not get too loud about it. This is back in the spring of 88. And, uh, you know, uh, I was obviously mistaken. And uh, they just didn't want to have to take any legal action. But, well, my response to that was I stopped 
prescribing Prozac for about seven, eight years. And I studied it from the distance when I get patients who are already on it and came to the conclusion that what happens with Prozac is, is that it uh, disinhibits people. Somewhat like uh, alcohol disinhibits people, they take what seems like a good idea and tell the boss what they really think about him at the Christmas uh, party and find themselves fired the next day. Uh, so the same type of disinhibition is something I would see very early in the treatment of Prozac. So I got to where when I prescribed Prozac, I would warn people, hey, if you suddenly have the urge to do something crazy, give me a call. It's the Prozac talking. You know, such as you're on your way to work here in L.A., and suddenly you get the wonderful idea that if you just put everything on Red 23 uh, in Vegas tonight, you're going to be a multi-billionaire. And so you, you know, drive past your job and drive to Vegas. If something like that happens, give me a call. It's Prozac talking. And uh, with that little trick of disinhibition, warning to my patients. I've been able to use Prozac safely. But an interesting thing about the Prozac is is that it has a lot of different funky things it does in the central nervous system, uh, one of which is it increases the concentration of a substance called allopregnenolone, which is a precursor to progesterone. So it actually affects female hormones, estrogen and progesterone, in the brain and the brain receptors. And so it's been used for treatment of premenstrual syndrome, people who get a little bit funky as the period is coming on. But I also noticed over time that Prozac is a bit in my hands of a sexist drug in that it really works much better on women than it works on men. Now, also back to the COVID update, there are some who have worked out strange mechanisms of action for Prozac and use it in the treatment of COVID, uh, in that there are apparently some direct effects against the virus, the COVID virus. But more on that later, folks. Anyways, All right. moving along. <laughs> moving right along here with, uh, well, two. this is a special double health hack edition. Don't forget, folks, memory vitalizer and your life. Imagine we'll get back to that uh, shortly. And uh, best way to stave off suicide or anything, any ailment, good supplementation. You get that with memory vitalizer, but more importantly, just eating right. I think that that's important. And, uh, you know, staying on top of uh, certain issues of which Dr. Summers is going to give you some history that you are not supposed to know. And we're going to do that right now with Christopher Columbia, uh, Christopher Columbus, as it relates to, well, what's happening in the Ukraine this week. Absolutely. And these are thoughts that come from the great Jewish thinker, Ave Lipkin. And he talks about Christopher Columbus was involved in Islam's fight against the Christian West. And he says, frankly, we just don't teach the context of Christopher Columbus. <clears throat> in 1492, the Muslims had repeatedly attempted to overrun Europe. They had Christendom in Europe surrounded and outnumbered. They had cut off the Silk Road to China, and they were trying to starve Europe into submission by attacking from the east, principally through the Ukraine and uh, uh, through Vienna. 
And, uh, you know, Mr. Lipkin points out that the Crusades, which started around the year 1000, were actually a natural response to repeated Islamic uh, insults to Christendom. So in 1492, when Chris Columbus was trying to figure out if the world was round, what he discovered was all of the Americas, totally unexpected, and all of the gold and the silvers in the Americas, which were then shipped to Spain. And the outcome of that was to finance the original Spanish armada of Philip of Spain. And this armada didn't sail against England, but in 1571, 79 years after Christopher Columbus created the, uh, the New World, uh, a Spanish armada sailed against the Muslims, the Turks, uh, and defeated them in the naval battle of Lepano. Lepano. Have you ever heard of that, the Battle of Lepano? Yeah, the Battle of Lepano, yeah. They've talked about it a couple of times. Huge, huge uh, consequences. It basically stopped the Muslims from taking over the Mediterranean. At that point in time, the Mediterranean was considered a uh, Moorish lake or a lake owned by the Muslims. But that uh, battle, uh, which involved over 400 warships, ended up with a tremendous victory for the Spanish Armada, financed by gold and silver from the New World. And it was a turning point of the Ottoman military expansion into the Mediterranean. Now, thereafter, for the next 112 years, the Russians, who represented the Orthodox Christian Church, became the vanguard against the Turks. They moved south and eastward to their manifest destiny all the way to the Pacific Ocean, and in the same time suppressing the Ottoman Turks and pushing them back towards uh, into Turkey, Syria, and areas like that. But they did control what we call the Ukraine for an extended period of time uh, from the 1520s until 1683. And the Muslim control of the Ukraine was actually set up again by the 1492 uh, time mark of Christopher Columbus discovering the New World because Isabella... And Ferdinand, the king of Spain, kicked all of the Muslims and the Jews out of Spain. Uh, they took a trick that they learned from Islam of uh, you have to become a Catholic Christian or leave the country and be expelled or I suppose be beheaded. That's a, something that Muhammad taught. And they did the same to the Jews. Many of the Jews, incidentally, came here to New Mexico and were called conversos. They uh, that would be me. Yeah, they, would, they pretended then to uh, be good Catholics but practice uh, Jewish faith. And uh, it, it became a great part of the legacy of uh, New Mexico. But the Jews also migrated to what we call the Ukraine. And they became the administrators, and they also got involved in the military. And uh, they helped out the, uh, the Turks who gave them uh, succor as opposed to the insult uh, coming from the Catholic uh, Spanish administration. 
So we come to the year 1683. In 1683, the Turkish army put together 150,000 to 170,000 troops and marched on Vienna. <clears throat> they had Vienna totally encircled, and they were digging at the, the foundations of the city from all uh, 360 degrees. And at the very last minute, Vienna was saved by King Jan Slovinski, a Catholic king from Poland, who organized about 27,000 Polish cavalry on horseback and 28 small guns and took a position over Vienna in a place called Karlberg Mountain. And the, uh, the Muslims noticed it, and so they charged uphill at the same time that the 27,000 Poles charged downhill. And they had five to one odds in favor of the Muslims, I might add. And the Poles basically routed the uh, Muslims and then received assistance from relief column of 47,000 Germans and Austrians coming to the defense of Vienna. And that marked that Battle of Vienna of 1683 was the high water mark for the Ottoman Empire in terms of their land grab towards uh, Europe. And so we see these uh, forces once again uh, taking place. And uh, now we have the Russians coming to try to grab onto the Ukraine. And they owned the Ukraine during the Cold War. And so now they're trying to reclaim. Uh, Mr. Putin seems to be trying to reclaim the old Soviet empire. I suppose I wish him luck, but I really don't. And I don't think it can be done. And I think that it'll uh, spell the end for them. Wow. But at any rate, uh, okay. from a biblical point of view, this is very scary, Eddie. If you go to uh, Ezekiel chapter 38, uh, it speaks of an invasion of Israel from the east through the valley of Haman Gog, which is actually in Jordan. And, uh, the, you know, the uh, Ezekiel version of what is about to happen is an alliance between Magog, which is Russia, and Turkey, which is Meshach, and Tubal, which is Syria, which is already in place, and that alliance also includes Persia, which we call Iran, and, get this, Gomer, which is the biblical name for the Ukraine. So the Ukraine, the Russians, the Syrians, the Turks, the uh, you know, Persians, the Iranians, uh, all come together with some troops apparently from Yemen and Libya. Yemen is called Sheba. And they you know, try to march into Israel through the valley of Haman Gog. And uh, God deals with them, creating such havoc that it takes seven years just to clean up the bodies. So we've got that on the horizon to keep an eye on. Woo, these are scary times, Eddie. All right. Well, um, do you mind if I just, not to take issue with you, but... Uh no, I know we can, and you've traveled to the Middle East, you've traveled to Israel, you've uh, been to these very places. I've been to the Ukraine. And uh, yeah, there you go. Um, but there, as you know, or as you're probably likely aware, that, you know, Ukraine is very divided. 
and it is a vast territory. It is gigantic. Yes, it is. You know, I mean, people don't realize like how large Ukraine is geographically. Mm So you've got a country in Russia that spans 10 time zones, 10, 10 different time zones. They're not looking for territorial expansion. And the problem is that we in the West happen to think way too much of ourselves and we think about democracy. Well, the one thing that we don't practice in the United States is democracy Yet we're offended by the fact that everybody else out there is, you know, trying to infringe upon the Ukrainian democracy. We've got to stop pushing eastward with our westward ways. NATO is essentially defunct. You know, we pay the largest sum of that. And now we're leveraging NATO for some sort of a territorial expansion by way of other means for people to adopt our Western ideas. And we're anything but Western at this point. I think that Putin is completely and totally in the right because half of Ukraine speaks Russian. The other half speaks Ukrainian. And if you look at the elections going back uh, all the way back till, I don't know, 2000, 2004, and you start to look at it, it's voted the eastern part is voted uh, one way and the western part is voted the other way. And Ukraine is absolutely divided in that in that regard. And we lost Crimea um, and in the westward, uh, quote-unquote, expansion under Obama during that time. And Georgia, I might add. The Crimea went directly over, and we got caught with our pants down uh, during uh, that point. We're doing the same thing right here. That the uh, Ukraine is all the way around the world. (laughs) That happens to be right in uh, Putin's backyard. And, yeah, we were, you know, trying to say that we want the Ukraine to become a part of NATO. Ukraine has no business being part of NATO. And what would happen if they were actually part of NATO? Well, we would actually have soldiers and weaponry and all these various things in Ukraine already if they were truly part of NATO. And I feel bad for the people of the Ukraine because I think that the people of the United States and Western Europe is going to come and save them. And they're not. They're going to get pulverized. And that's all pul- That's all Putin is going to do is he is going to make mincemeat out of this because he knows that they have not officially joined NATO. And while we're sitting here splitting hairs, we say, oh, yeah, we want you to be a democracy. We want to help you. We're going to do everything to help you guys out. Don't worry. We're coming in to save you. And we haven't sent a plane. We don't have a tank. We don't have anything over there that's going to be defending them because they know and Putin knows what it's going to cost us to try and defend something like Ukraine. Ninety-five percent of people can't even identify, and the United States can't even identify where the Ukraine is on a map. We have no business there. We've already backed out of Afghanistan to to go into the Ukraine unnecessarily. Uh, it's a lose-lose situation in every way, shape, and form. Uh, you can make all the various uh, advances that 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 you want uh, eastward to go into Russia, but the problem is, is it's a no man's land, and we don't care enough about it. Ukraine is a very varied. Um Geography, and if the Ukrainians so wish, they could uh, put a protracted guerrilla war against the Russians that would hurt them as bad as the Afghans did. When I uh, first went to uh, Russia in 1992, everywhere I looked, there were survivors of the conflict with Afghanistan, soldiers, former soldiers wearing uniforms, missing legs, missing arms, etc., And the Ukraine could certainly uh, turn this into a protracted guerrilla warfare and basically bleed the Russians dry. And that may be the way it would go. Always keep in mind, though, the uh, the legacy here. The Kingdom of Rush was the original 
Slavic, uh, Eastern Slavic tribe that then sent people northward to what is called Russia. And uh, Russia is actually an extension of the kingdom of Rush. So what's happened here from an overlong history of thing is, is if we Americans invaded Britain, well, the Russians are now invading their motherland, the one that uh, spawned them to begin with. And, of course, uh, why did the uh, people from the kingdom of Rush go north? They were looking for safety to get away from the Huns coming out of Central Asia. So now we have the Russians coming down to take their their original motherland. It's going to be interesting to watch, but I agree with you. We can't get involved because, frankly, we're not positioned to be involved. Yeah, geographic no man's land yeah. really for us. And it just... it. it I, it scares me for the Ukrainian people who now think that... Very beautiful people. And, and they're trying to advance their stuff on social media. I mean, you're watching families that are split apart and all these various things. And you're like, you're, you're starting to realize that this is a country that we cannot help from our standpoint. No. There's nothing we can do. And it's too big and we don't have the resources. They're just we're, simply we're, a bridge too And I far. feel bad for uh, Zelensky who is probably uh, making decisions based upon what he's hearing from Western countries. And these Western countries can't step up and actually help uh, Dr. Summers. I think and Zelensky is a very bright man. He is, I think he, as any president would and, and I mean, be yeah, generally. I believe he's Jewish, is he not? I don't know. Uh, but uh, he's going to do what he can to save his country as an entity. And, of course, the Russians want to just absorb it as a vassal state. The they should give they up do. half of it right at the river and just say, you take your Russian speaking, you take your Russian languages, you, you take the part that we're not interested. We'll keep our Western part. We aren't going to join NATO because it's not going to exist. And you're not going to go ahead and create a war and advance your cause anymore. You've already taken the Crimea. We're probably going to end up having to give. And most of those people, the Russians, they're sympathetic to Russia. What we're not hearing in the Western media and the propaganda is that whole cut from that end. They speak Russian and they have an entirely different view than Kiev and the Western part of Ukraine. Kiev and the Western part of Ukraine wants to be part of Europe. Well, they can certainly do that if they wanted to do that. But the problem is, is you have that other part as part of the old school that there is, has, has zero interest in that whatsoever. It'll be interesting to see how it shakes out, Eddie. Yeah. I'm not sure all of the people in Eastern Ukraine like the Russians all that much. The Russians have brought suffering to the Ukraine quite a bit under Stalin and the uh, the communist leaders, and that's all of the Ukraine. In fact, at one point in time, Joe Stalin basically added starvation to the Ukrainians as uh, part of their suffering. So wow. Ukraine has many, many uh, things against the Russians over time. Well, thanks for the biblical reference as well as the historical and uh, doing all that. By the way, you folks, you can get your memory vitalizer and your life imagined at local stores, including Sharing Care Pharmacy in Berlin, Durant Central Pharmacy, Sam's Regent Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market, uh, in Rio Rancho, why not go to Moses Country Store on 4th Street, the Village Apothecary in Cedar Crest, Care Drug in Aztec, Sierra Blanca Pharmacy in Rio Do. So Addison Drug in Fort Sumner, always like Fort Sumner, MemoryVitalizer.net online, LifeLink.com, or better yet, why not pick up the phone, order direct, 800-606-0192. That's 800-606-0192. A quick plug for Albuquerque Neuroscience, yeah. the depression study, or looking for people 
between the ages of 18 and 75 with moderate to severe depression to get a test uh, to a new quite active antidepressant against a placebo. If you have any memory difficulties and you're between the ages of 50 to 87, again, memory difficulties, 50 to 87, poor memory, uh, greater than six months, possible Alzheimer's, must have a caregiver, loved one to participate in all of this. And all you have to do is pick up the phone and dial direct to let them know that you heard it here on Dr. William Summers Life Imagined uh, program here. And that phone number is 505-848-3773. Again, a depression study or memory difficulties, 505-848-3773. Seven, three. Dr. Summers is going to hit the trifecta here this week with a third health hack, folks. There we go. This Absolutely. one, uh, Metarag- vitamin A. Metarrhagia. That means heavy menstrual bleeding, heavy uh, bleeding uh, with your period. And what can you do about it? Well, traditionally in medicine, we uh, offer a surgical procedure called a DNC, dilatation and curatage. That's a little heavy duty. Uh, sometimes uh, doctors will prescribe the uh, pharmaceutical uh, imitation estrogen progesterone drugs, which are heavy-duty and related to uh, creating cancer problems down the road. Those are two standard treatments for metarrhagia. But I have yet another one, and that is to simply ramp up your vitamin A to 50,000 units of vitamin A daily and just run that for two weeks to a month, maybe six weeks, and see if that doesn't just get your ovaries and your uterus to readjust things and move on and stop that heavy menstrual bleeding simply using vitamin A. Well, I have another one real quickly I'm going to toss in, Eddie. Xylitol. Xylitol. That is a natural sugar that tastes, frankly, the same as table sugar. It can be used as a sweetener in baking. And xylitol, it turns out, is useful in people with chronic sinus infections, a problem that I frequently see here in the Rio Grande Valley. And uh, chronic sinusitis is a scourge of this area, uh, and people don't quite know what to do about it. There are surgical procedures to create uh, better drainage out of the sinuses, but those create actually two-way highways that can uh, create chronic infection. What do you do about chronic sinusitis? Well, let's go back to the xylitol. It is a sugar that's found in small amounts in plums, strawberries, even in cauliflower and pumpkins. And xylitol as a 5% solution can be sprayed in the nose And the result is an almost 93% reduction in recurrent sinus infections and recurrent ear infections. And the xylitol is an intranasal spray. You can get it by going to Amazon. And uh, it's called uh, Xylear, X-L-E-A-R, Natural Nasal Spray. And it has a xylitol in a uh, little uh, application bottle. You can just spray up there. And uh, pretty soon, 90% chance that you're going to 
improve the sinusitis, the chronic sinusitis. Uh, now let's talk a little bit about xylitol. How is it made? Well, uh, we don't sit around and pick strawberries to make it. What we do is take raw biomass, which is, for example, processed corn, wheat, rice, waste from that, uh, waste that comes in uh, wood mills with softwoods or hardwoods. This raw biomass can be hydrolyzed into xylose, which can then be catalytically hydrogenated into xylitol, which then is a sugar. It's actually not a true sugar. It's more of a polyalcohol, which is a sugar alcohol. And you can use it if you're trying to control weight as a sugar substitute. Eddie, should we move on and talk more health stuff? Yes, let's do. Well, thank you. Yeah, apple cider vinegar. Apple cider vinegar. People talk about it all the time. Uh, and uh, it was promoted uh, by uh, health uh, people since the 50s. It can be used in many, many ways. One use because of its acetic acid is you can use a tablespoon or so if you're trying to lose weight. You just uh, take a tablespoon down and it seems to move metabolism around. At the same time, it's boosting energy levels by improving metabolism. Now, apple cider vinegar has some essential uh, components such as potassium and amino acids, so it's good there. And it uh, increases the good cholesterol, the HDL cholesterol, while it lowers blood sugar levels and it improves insulin resistance. In other words, it lessens insulin resistance for those people who are, have metabolic syndrome. In other words, chubby people where the insulin doesn't work as well as it used to. And it helps digestion because it breaks down food in the stomach, especially those folks with uh, low acid and failed the, uh, uh, the burp test, which we've talked about on the show several times. It actually helps acid reflux as well. And you can use it on your skin topically because it helps sort of exfoliate skin because it contains a substance called malic acid. And when it does that, it unclogs pores and can be used to treat acne. So teenagers, if we have it in the audience, listen up. You can use apple cider vinegar for that. Oh, or, what what can't you? We need to do a whole show just on apple cider vinegar, Dr. Summers. It has so many things. You can use it on aging spots, liver spots, brown spots that appear, for example, in the back of the hand because you're out in the sun and... <clears throat> the sun, actually, uh, the ultraviolet light uh, speeds up the production of melon uh, unevenly, and so you get these little brown spots on the back of your hands, and you can use apple cider vinegar to exfoliate that, and it also uh, basically bleaches those brown spots a little bit at the same time. And if you've got dandruff, folks, you can use apple cider vinegar in your shampoo to reduce dandruff. Wow. I mean, it's, it's the best. Uh, Dr. Summers, I recently sent you, and let me just, if you don't mind me reminding no, you, please. because I was so excited. Dr. Summers, oftentimes, and when I'm out traveling about, looking at things, and, you know, I'm constantly saying, oh, yeah, Dr. Summers this, Dr. Summers that. And all of a sudden, I sent him three pictures 
and it said 101 amazing uses for ginger. Another one I said 101 amazing uses for cinnamon, and then 101 amazing uses for apple cider vinegar. Folks, it's these things. If you just pay attention, health hacks or whatever uh, that you're you're looking for, it really can make the difference, uh, Doctor Summers, uh, as Absolutely. you know. And apple cider uh, vinegar, as many of you have figured out in your own life, has just improved your life vastly. Yeah, these are just little hacks. I, you know, you sent those to me. Let's uh, use that. We have a call-in show next week. Yeah, uh, we'll Let's do that. make that the foundation for the call-in. Okay, show. sounds good, Doctor so Summers. Cinnamon, cinnamon. Ginger, and ginger apple cider and vinegar. apple cider vinegar. We'll do. All great things. Yeah, good stuff. All right, so very quickly, let's uh, do another health hack. Here we go. <laughs> Aging spots and liver spots with Dr. Summers. Uh, by the way, if you want to text in your um, your questions and thoughts for next week, do so now just in case it's on the brain right now, and we'll get to that for you next week. Yeah, aging spots and liver spots are flat, dark areas on skin exposed to sun. It can occur on the face, hands, shoulder, arms. And officially, these are called solar litigonies, solar litigonies. And they're caused by overactive pigment cells stimulated by ultraviolet light from the sun, which then speeds up the production of melanin, a natural pigment that gives the skin its color. And so certain little areas uh, make too much melanin, creating the little brown flattened areas. Now, there are... The best prevention of it is actually put on gloves when you work in the garden and avoid the sun between 10 in the morning and 2 p.m., in other words, the height of the sun. Uh, Yours truly used to do his gardening for 20 years on the weekends, (laughs) exactly between 10 and 2. And uh, use sunscreen. Uh, An SPF of at least 30 is said to uh, possibly avoid getting brown spots. And cover up in general by wearing woven clothing over your arms, legs, broad brims, hat, etc. to uh, protect you from the sun. And that's more realistic than the uh, dermatologic society saying stay out of the sun to prevent melanoma. Uh, to my way of thinking, melanoma shows up in uh, the areas of the body where the sun don't shine, uh, which is quite peculiar that the uh, dermatologists say, oh, stay out of the sun to prevent melanoma. Not true. Basal cell carcinoma, that's another story. Squamous cells, same deal. And the brown spots, those are the problems with sun, especially here in New Mexico. And you might add in cataracts are basically caused by too much uh, sunlight without wearing uh, appropriate protection of the eyes. But how do we treat them once they occur? Well, you have bleaching creams, which are included with hydroquinone, which is related to hydroxychloroquine. (coughs) You can use vitamin uh, A, uh, you know, uh, variants called retinoids. You can use mild steroids to gradually fade the spots. Or you could uh, get radical and go use a laser to destroy the uh, melanin-producing cells without supposedly damaging the skin's surface. Uh, You can try freezing them off with liquid nitrogen, 
which basically uh, you know kills off the skin over the brown spot, and then you have to depend upon uh, the skin regenerating in a healthy way. And in the same fashion, there's dermabrasion, which sands down the layers of the skin with a rapidly rotating brush. Our microdermabrasion is slightly less aggressive, but whenever you do, or chemical peels, whenever you do this, the side effects are scarring, infection even, lightening or darkening of the skin as it regrows. It could actually be worse or worse in an opposite direction and look like vitiligo. And then redness, which uh, once you dermabraze, chemical peel or microdermabraze, the redness can last for several weeks. So those are the uh, standard treatments for uh, liver spots. But the home cooking ones, the ones I recommend, is use a little bit of apple cider vinegar on a you know, small cotton pad and dab it over those areas. Or use lemon juice, which you could combine with some yogurt and put it on there. You could also take raw onions which has sulfur compounds, and rub them over the back of your hands and the brown spots. Another home remedy is buttermilk, which contains lactic acid. You just put it on twice a day with a cotton ball and fade it over weeks. And here's one that we <laughs> we keep talking about, and that's dandelions. You can grow your own here in New Mexico, your very own homegrown dandelions, you pick the stems, and there's a little bit of juice in there, and you put that juice directly really? on the brown spots, and it helps uh, bleach them out. And you need to get rid of that. There yeah. you go. Wow. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, when was the last time you went to your grocery and they were selling various parts of the dandelion? I mean, it's a very useful, very useful medicinal. Strangely, papaya also has many alpha hydroxy acids that can help uh, sort of relayer the skin and get some of the brown spots out. Uh, yogurt by itself actually is a mild bleaching agent. You can combine it with your lemon juice and a bit of oatmeal for roughage and rub it on the brown spots. And finally, sandalwood is an essential oil. Oh, so good. Yeah, and just a couple of drops of that and even olive oil on the brown spots is yep. quite helpful. And finally, red currants. Uh, which apparently uh, is helpful because it's a potent antioxidant. Red currants, which, of course, you would put in honey, lemon juice, and maybe a touch of rose water to make in a paste and put it on the back of your hands. And maybe uh, put them in cupcakes, as I recently had there them. There you go. Had some birthday cupcakes that had uh, red currant. All right, folks, Memory Vitalizer Life Imagine, sharing care pharmacy in Belender and Central Pharmacy, Sam's Regent Pharmacy, Best Buy Pharmacy, Manal Pharmacy, Evergreen Herbal Market, uh, Moses Country Store, The Village Apothecary, Cedar Crest, Care Drug and Aztec, Sierra Blanc Pharmacy in Rio Doso. You can also go to memoryvitalizer.net, lifelink.com, or order direct 800-606-0192. That's 800-606-0192. Also want to do a uh, plug for Albuquerque Neuroscience, Dr. Summers. And uh, we're looking for people ages 18 to 75, moderate to severe depression, Test a new quite active antidepressant against a placebo. Pick up the phone and dial 505-848-3773. That's 505-848-3773. Also, if you have memory difficulties, if your ages between the ages of 50 and 87, poor memory, possible Alzheimer's, you must have a caregiver or a loved one to participate in this. Call the same number. 
to go to Albuquerque Neuroscience, 505-848-3773. That's 505-848-3773. We appreciate everybody uh, supporting us, supporting the radio station. Best way to support this radio station is support the advertisers like Dr. Summers who make it possible for you to have great listening throughout the week here on this great radio station. 65 other radio stations on our app at ebq.fm. Final words, Dr. Summers. Absolutely. Well, I want to thank folks for listening in, and I hope today, as in every program, we're giving you information that would be useful to you. If you've got suggestions for crying out loud, text it in or uh, call in next week at the call-in hour. Ginger, cinnamon, and apple cider vinegar edition of uh, Dr. Summers' Memory Vitalizer Life Imagine show. Stay healthy, be healthy, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Summers, for all that you do for us here at the Kiva.